This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. But one of the things that, that I wanted to just point out is, is what is our what is our role? Where, where, where does God have us in this particular time? Why, why is he asking us to prepare? Why is he, why is he placing upon us the burden to restore? So let's just, just for the sake of clarity, let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33. And we'll just start at Ezekiel 33, starting in verse 2. It says, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, If the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. And jump down to verse 7. It says, So thou, O son of man, have I set thee a watchman into the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. God has established us as a ministry. He's established us in this particular time that we would be a watchman. That we would be a watchman unto the people in this land. That we would be as the church as the assembly of those that have been called out to lift up the name of Jesus, to declare His wondrous works, to declare the redemption that is made available through His sacrifice. Because there is truly a sword that has come upon the land. There is truly a sickness that has come upon the land. And we'll talk about that some more. And we need to lift up the name of Jesus. And so what is our role? Our role in this time is that we are to be the watchmen that declare the Lord Jesus, that declare his grace, that declare his love extended to all men, that they would turn from their ways and that they would be healed. Go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Starting with verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And jump down to verse 14. It says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, the Son of Man must be lifted up. That as as judgment fell upon the people... And they prayed unto the Lord and they prayed unto Moses that God gave instructions for him to to, to lift up a serpent in the wilderness. And we'll get into that. 
Is it okay if we study a little bit of the Bible on, on, on Wednesday night? And that as they looked upon the serpent that was lifted up, that they were healed, that they were recovered of their afflictions. We said that as we look at what the church's role is in this time, what, what our part is, that what, what it is that we need to fulfill, that, that we need to be ready, that we need to be in position, that we need to be prepared. And a, big, a part of that is knowing where do we stand with God. It includes knowing what is our direction, what, what needs to change in our lives now. It says, it, 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 it means what do we need to take a look at and examine and evaluate? And it says, this thing is no longer of any use to me anymore. So I have to reckon that as dead. It can no longer have power over me anymore. We need to look at what has been our response to discipline and correction. We said that, that the way that we measure our progress is, is, is based on your, your stopwatch. It's based on, on, on the time it takes for you to receive the commandment and for you to obey. That we need to consider what is, what is our posture? What is our posture of worship? Who do we consider to be the lesser? And who do we consider to be the greater? Where's where's our praise at? Where where is the honor that is due His name? And so in this teaching, we're going to examine the the grace that is given to us in forgiveness. And the reason why we're going to examine it is because we need to better understand how we can extend forgiveness to restore this generation. Too many times we've been, we've been selfish about forgiveness. We've been, we've been too internally focused to say that, that I need forgiveness and I thank God for forgiving me. And, and, and you need to forgive me and people owe me forgiveness. But listen, the, 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 the grace of God is given to you in your salvation. It's a free gift. It's nothing that you could have earned. It's nothing that you could have worked for. The grace of God is working in you for your sanctification. It's, it, 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 it's creating change in you. It's, it's changing your appetites. It's changing your desires. It's changing your very thoughts as you, as you allow the grace of God to work in you for your sanctification. Your, your thoughts are no longer upon more and more wickedness, but it's upon how can I accomplish the will of God? But grace doesn't stop there. The grace of God is working through you. It's working through you to restore this generation. We said last time that, that when we think about forgiveness, that, that a lot of times that, that we become disgusted with, or we become shocked by, we become appalled by, that we can't even imagine the things that, that, that people need to be forgiven of. And we said that we, we need to get a grip. That you need, to, you, you, need to get, you need to catch yourself. God is not surprised by sin. God is not surprised by sin. 
Too often the world will make you think that now is the time to panic because people are behaving a certain way. The world would have you think that now is the time for you to get excited and to become reactionary because of evil in this world. But listen, God is not surprised. He's not surprised by sin. It's not, it's not shocking to him. It's not shocking to him. Listen, one thing that you have to understand is that God, he sees beyond the sin. He sees beyond the hate speech. He sees beyond the emblems. He sees beyond the, the positions that people choose to take. And he sees beyond all of that. And what he sees is the person that is hurting He sees beyond the sin, and he sees the person that is hurting. He sees the person that is ready to be made whole. Too often we we place judgments upon people because of their condition, because of what they've been taught, what they've been brought up in, the way that they see. And we don't, we don't realize that people, that they're acting out, they're lashing out because they're afraid. We don't, we don't realize that people are, are, are thrashing about because they're, they're hurting and they're wounded. The hardest thing to do, if you're a swimmer, if you're a lifeguard, is to go in after someone that's drowning and that person is panicking. And that person is afraid. And they're thrashing about. And they're kicking about. And you're like, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. The Lord sees beyond the hurt. He sees the person that's hurting and is ready to change. We talked last time about, about the woman with the issue of blood and how how Jesus was in a in, in a midst, he was in a in, in a crowd, and all the people in the crowd they were they were pushing him and jostling him and trying to trying to get his attention, and and they even had him going from one place to the next because they needed something from him. They needed him to to heal someone, and everyone would agree this little girl that needed to be healed that 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 was that was deserving of healing. And as he was on his way, as he was trying to make his way to do this thing that that was within the will of God, that the people were pushing in on him from all sides. But for all those people that were pushing in on him, there was just there was this one woman that 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 she said, if I could just get close enough to touch the hem of his, if I could just get get close enough to 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 apprehend to 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 make a physical contact. If I can somehow get some tangible, some tangible part, piece of this glory, then I know I'll be made whole. Then, 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 then she would be made whole. And, and as they were pushing, she, she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus... He wasn't disturbed or he wasn't perturbed. He wasn't, 
He wasn't affected by all the other people that were pushing him and, and trying to get their agenda and trying to get their, their, their request answered. But when she touched him, but when she touched him, he said, hold up. There was someone here that needed something. There was someone here that truly was looking for something. And they weren't looking for it from a man. They weren't coming out to an institution. But they needed something from a holy God. And that person, virtue, he said, virtue has gone out of me. The Lord, the Lord takes notice. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't regard the, the protesting. He doesn't regard the shouts. He doesn't regard the, the temper tantrums. Too often we're, we're like little children that flop themselves on the ground and kick and kick and kick. And God is not paying any attention to that. But those that would, would, would reach out and say, if I, if I could just see an example. If there was just a person that was on the wall, if there was just someone on the other end of the phone line, if there was someone on the other side of this chat that I could reach out to, that wasn't giving me what man has to offer. That wasn't giving me what institutions have to offer. But, but had that which is from the throne of a holy God. Someone that's able to extend grace. Then I know I can be made. I know I can be made whole. I know I can be made whole. I know I can be healed. So he said that God, he's not shocked by sin. We, we can't allow ourselves to get thrown off by that which we see. We have to see beyond the circumstances and see the person that's hurting and the person that's ready to be made whole. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, it says, for, verse 8, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we see here that forgiveness, it, it's, it's freely offered. But we know that the gift, that it must be accepted. Forgiveness, it, it's freely offered. It's not of works. So you have nothing to boast about. But that gift has to be accepted. When we talk about the grace and forgiveness, the word grace, caris, is also used in the word forgiveness. Grace is the free gift that's extended without regard to man's effort. It's extended without regard to man's condition. Grace is the power of God to free us from sin. To keep us and to bring us into the holy presence 
blameless and without blemish. Grace is directed to you in your salvation. And it is working through you to restore this generation. When we talk about grace and forgiveness, to forgive it means to extend grace and the gracious pardon of sins. We said last time that forgiveness, it, it makes room for error. Forgiveness makes room for weakness. It, it already anticipates and makes provision for. Forgiveness is, is the Lord's first response to mankind. God knew that man would choose wrong. And so he already had forgiveness in place so that man could choose again. If forgiveness had not been in place, when Adam sinned, that would have been it because all that would have been available would be judgment. But forgiveness was already in place. God was not scrambling when, when Adam sinned. He was not shocked or surprised by Adam's sin. He already had forgiveness in place. Christ was slain before the foundations of the world. The opportunity for man to choose again was already put in place. As we extend forgiveness, we have to understand that, you know what? As, as I'm extending forgiveness, the person that I'm extending forgiveness to... They, they might have some mistakes. They might have some, some backtracks. There may be some weaknesses. But I've already made room for that. I'm not coming in this week. I'm not coming in this halfway in and halfway out. But in extending the grace of God, in extending the power of God, in representing the power of the Almighty, you can't be weak. You can't be half-hearted. How can you say that you're extending the power of the Almighty when you're halfway in and halfway out? Well, maybe I forgive you, but maybe I don't. Maybe I still have something against you. No, 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 no. You're, that's a misrepresentation. The power of God is able to deliver us before his throne. Blameless. That's what grace is. We said that, that man's efforts to try and justify himself to us will always fall short. And so when we extend forgiveness, we're not looking for you to try and make it seem to us that everything is okay. We're not asking you to put on a show. We're not asking you to put on a facade. We already know what's what. You don't owe us anything. So you don't have to come and make sure that, that, that your clothes are a certain way. That your tats are all covered up. You don't owe us anything, so you don't have to, to make sure that no one is around that knows about your past. Listen, 
You can't justify yourself to man. Redemption is through Jesus Christ alone. We don't have redemption for you. We cannot excuse your sins. Only a holy God can wash you and make you clean. And so as you extend the, the, as you extend the grace and forgiveness, you need to make sure that you communicate that, that listen, it's not my role to wash you. It's not my role to make you clean. I'm only extending to you that which has been extended to me. I'm only sharing with you of the love that has been shared with me. And it is Christ and Christ alone that will cleanse us and present us before the throne. I'm not asking you to prove anything to me. I'm not asking you to pay me for the wrong that you did to God. I just want you to know who he is. I want you to know about his great love with which he loved us. That he gave of himself. That he died as full payment for our sins. We said that forgiveness... It's, it's, it's the act of God of releasing man from the penalty of his sins. It's his mercy towards us. Go to 1 John chapter 1. First John chapter 1. Verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice the wording of this passage of Scripture says, If we confess our sins. That's the work. That, that is the work of the one that wants to be forgiven. They must confess their sins. It doesn't say if if the preacher confesses my sins. It doesn't say if I confess my sins to the minister. It says if we confess our sins. Then it says that he, and this he, is the Lord God. He is faithful. And he is just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I used the example last time that you can't take that which is dirty and hope to make something clean. You can't take a dirty rag to clean your window. That if you take your dirty rag and you get it wet and you use it on your on your window, you're just gonna put you're just gonna to move the dirt around on your window. That only that which is clean is able to make clean. So Christ alone is able to forgive us our sins. We said that, that when man tries to put themselves in God's position, to put themselves in God's place, where we accept compromises, where we accept hypocrisy, which is putting on one face, even when our hearts 
are in another place have not been changed. That what that does is that introduces weaknesses in the body. That introduces weaknesses in the structure. And that when you have a structure and there are weaknesses that are inside of it, that as soon as the structure is placed under stress, that as soon as, as, as trials and tribulations come, that that structure begins to crack. It begins to fall in upon itself at those weak points. And so that's why we don't represent ourselves as being the ones that are the cleansing agents. We are those that, that are sounding the trumpet. We are those that are sounding the alarm and declaring the acceptable standard of God. But above all, we lift up the Son of Man. We lift up Jesus Christ. In John 14, we just read... In John 3 and 14, it says... As, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Son of Man must be lifted up. Go to Numbers chapter 21. I purpose to give you some, some biblical examples that, that, you can, that you can hold on to. There, there, there are many scriptures. The, the, the book, the Bible, is, is, is a book about God's forgiveness, about, about man's transgression and God's forgiveness, about his, his, his work in restoring man and putting him in a position where he can be useful to accomplishing the will of God. But I want you all to just to hold on to just a few examples. And so if you look in, in Numbers chapter 21, this is the, the children of Israel. These, these are the descendants of Abraham. These are the, the 12 tribes that are, that are making their way from Egypt back to the place that God had promised them. And as they're going through, they, they spend this time, these, these years, in the wilderness where, where God is, is purging them, where He is refining them. They, they had come out of the, they, they had been, they had come out of the world, but the, the world needed to come out of them. They needed to change their value system. They needed to change their desires. They needed to change their, their planning strategies so that they could truly worship. And so in this particular instance, in, in, in verse 21, it talks about how, how, how they, they came across this nation. And when they, when it, when they first came across the nation... They, they found that, that, that they were not able to prevail. And that, that, um, that the nation, they actually took some of them hostage. They, they kidnapped some of the people. And the people, they, they, they got on their face before God and says, God, if you would just give us power, if you would just give us strength, then we'll serve you. And the Lord strengthened the people. And they, and, they, and they won a great victory and recovered 
what had been taken from them. And they said that we're, we're going we're gonna to destroy this king such that we will utterly destroy the cities of this kingdom. We're not going to take any of these possessions for our own, but we're going to utterly destroy even the cities. And the Lord heard them. He gave them strength. And he gave them the victory. You know, a lot of times we feel like, well, because God has shown his favor, because God has shown his grace and his goodness, that that means that that God is always with me. But listen, God is with you as long as you're with him. The Lord is with you as long as you're with him. And so as soon as they got the victory, they still had land to travel. They had not reached their destination yet. So go to Numbers chapter 21, verse 4. And it says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. So God had just strengthened them and allowed them to have victory over that which had, had taken their people captive. And they had used that strength to utterly destroy the opposing kingdom. But they weren't there. They were not at their destination yet. And so they continued. And they needed to go around the kingdom of Edom, the land of Edom. And as they, as they went around, they found that, you know, this is not as easy as we thought it would be. This... Every day is not Friday like we thought it would be. This is not as as smooth sailing as we thought it would be. And the people, they became discouraged because of the way. In verse 5, And the people spake against God and against Moses, saying, Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loathed it, this light bread. They began to speak against God. And because God is God and He's not tangible, they can't touch Him. They they said, well, we're going to speak against Moses, against God's representative. And they said, you know what? You brought us out here to die. You told us that this righteousness thing was something that we should get into. But there's no profit in it for us. They complained about what they were eating. What they failed to realize is that every morning that they woke up, every morning that they woke up, without any effort on their part, without any planting or harvesting on their part, but every morning when they woke up, there was manna right there. Enough for the day. They said, we, 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 we loathe this light bread. The provision that you've given us, we don't even appreciate it. 
that which you placed in our hands that we didn't even have to work for, we don't even, we don't even, we're not even grateful for it. We're not even thankful for it. And so you say, Brother Preacher, why are you talking about these people? Because I want you to know these are the people that you need to forgive. These are the people that you need to extend forgiveness to. The ungrateful. The unthankful. Those that speak against you. When all you're trying to do is the will of God. Those that you know are in a position and in a place that they don't even deserve to be in. That it's only by mercy that they have what they need on a daily basis. And yet they they have the nerve to, they have the audacity to speak against God. To speak against God's servant. These are the people that you need to extend forgiveness to. I love the passage of scripture where, where the Lord talks about uh, showing love to your neighbor. And, and, the people, and, the, and the people were like, well, who is my neighbor? So who do I need to show forgiveness to? I need to find out who's talking about me now. Who's the main one that I think is ungrateful, that I think is unthankful? That's the one. That's the one that God is showing you that you need to extend the grace of forgiveness, the power of forgiveness to that. that, That's the one that needs to see the Lord Jesus Christ lifted up. And so the people were, 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 were beset with, they, God sent Poisonous snakes. And the snakes bit the people. The people became sick. And they, and they began to cry out, Oh God, we, we sorry now. And I can imagine, you know, some, some, some of the old folks, when you, when you come back, you're like, oh, I'm sorry now. Like, yeah, I know you're sorry now. I know you're sorry now. So you made, you made your bed, now you gotta lay in it. And the people that came and they, they, they cried out to Moses, they said, Moses, pray for us. Moses, pray for us. We know that we've offended the Lord. And, and, and He doesn't even hear what we're saying. Moses, you pray for us. And so Moses, he prayed for the people. The very ones that that are mouthing off at you, that, that seem like they're trying to undercut you, that everything that you try to do, they always they always seem like they got something that, that that they think is just a little bit better. You say that you say that your church is doing so and so, and they say, well, my church is doing this. You say that your your family is, is going to this place. They say, well, my family went to this other place. You say, well, we went out to eat here. Say, well, my I went out to eat at this place. Seem like they're always in a competition with you. Like they're always trying to show you who they are. How much better they are than you. Moses prayed for those people. Moses prayed for those people. Why? Because those people were hurt. They needed healing. 
Numbers 21, verse 8. And the Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And I love the structure of Scripture because, first of all, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses. First, God says it. First, He speaks it. First, He puts it in the mouth of His prophet. And then it says, And Moses made. And then... God's man obeys. First God says, restoration is the essential work of this ministry. And then God's people obey. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, and he beheld the serpent of brass, that he lived. That he lived. And so, if Jesus be lifted up, the people will live. But if you don't extend forgiveness, if you don't show graciousness and a pardoning of offenses, in spite of all that you know about that situation, in spite of all that you know about that person, about who they are and what they said, if you're not willing to extend God's love, God's grace, then how can they live? How can they live? Listen, let's just do a quick object lesson. I know we've got some young people watching so, you know, one thing that we like to do in the children's ministry, we always like to have an object lesson. So make a, make a fist. Just make a fist as tight as you can. Hold your fist closed as tight as you can, as tight as you, as tight as you can. Now listen, this closed fist, it represents the debt that you're holding against somebody else. Imagine it's not just a closed fist, but you've got this person by the collar. You have them. You're holding them. You're not going to let them get away with it. You're not going to let them escape with it. They know what they did. It was wrong. Keep your fists. Keep them clenched. Don't let, don't let up. Keep them clenched. Keep them clenched. Listen, as long as you're holding the person hostage to this debt, as long as you're holding them on to that debt, guess what? Because I'm holding you here, you're here all right, but I, I'm here too. I can't go anywhere. I can't do what God has called me to do. Guess what? I'm holding you to this debt. I can't receive anything from God. Why? Because my, my fists are closed. My hands are closed. I'm holding on to you. I can't receive anything from God. While my fists are closed, I can't give anything to anybody else. Yeah, I got you. I can't. 
can't give anything to anybody else. So listen, I know your hands are tired. Just, just you feel that? You feel the, you feel the release. You feel the relief. Now, now you can receive of the Lord. Now you can receive from God. Guess what? This is this is this is the the attitude of worship. Now the Lord can 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 pour into you so you can distribute. So you can pass out, so you can you can extend. You can extend graciousness. You can extend love. You can show gentleness. Now that you've released them from that debt, now you can move forward into what God has called you to. You're not, you're not, you're not stuck, chained to that spot, trying to make sure that they know that they did you wrong. Now you can you can you can move forward. And they can too. And they and they can too. Listen, as as believers, we have to extend forgiveness to those that have been found out of the character of Christ. People that we, we know that they know that they know. But they did anyway. <laughs> we need to extend forgiveness to those that have been found outside of the character of Christ. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. It says, if you find someone that's been tripped up, overtaken, overcome in a fault, a sign that you actually are spiritual, a sign that you're mature, that you're, you're the grown-up in this situation. We used to say when I was younger, it says you need to be the bigger person. Is that you're able to restore them, not, not by saying, listen, I know what you did, and I know how you need to get it right in the lecture mode. No, no, we restore them with gentleness. You know, one, 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 of, the, one of the things that I noticed that my, my grandmother would do is that she, she would not, because, you know, you wonder, how, how can a, a, a five-foot-nothing Speak to these 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 grown six foot tall boys and keep them in check. Now, yes, she she did have a firm hand, but I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna deceive you in any way. Grandma had some hard hands, but as 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 those boys got older, she she used she God gave her God gave her more tools. She would, she would say, you know, I really like 
the way that you do that thing right there. You really, you really are good at you really are good at that. You that I love that. That that's so that's so beautiful. I love the way you did that. The way you laid that out there. What what you brought. I I, I love that. She would she would use gentleness. What she would do is she would see the hand of God working in an area of excellence in, in their lives. And she would, she, it's almost like, it's almost like, you've ever seen those movies where, where they have this, this fire or, or it's cold, everybody's cold, and then somebody, they, they light a spark and it's a little ember, and then they, they, they just blow on it. And then they add some, some moss to it. And then they, they kind of fan, give it some more air. And then they add a stick to it. And they give it some more air. And then they put a log on there. And now all of a sudden, the whole, everybody, everyone is warm now. Because that which was dead is now made alive. And so, when, when, when I look at the scripture, I think about that, that, that in, in gentleness, you say, you know what, I really appreciate your dedication in this one area. There, guess what, Here, here's something else. That you might want to add to that. Here's something else that you can add to that. Here's something else you can add to that. You know, too often what we do is we reserve the harshest criticism for those that we say that they should know better. We say, well, they, they should have known better. And we want to hold what we think or what we are saying that they should have known against them. Versus what they what they know. Versus what they know. You know, one of the people in Scripture that, 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 we, that we look at is we look at, at, at Paul. And if, if anyone should have known better. I mean, here Paul was. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He knew his ancestry all the way back to Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. As it, as it related to the law, he was a Pharisee. He was a religious leader. He knew about the resurrection. He wasn't lazy. He was, a, he was full of zeal. But he was completely wrong in his direction. He was completely wrong until grace was extended to him. Go to Acts chapter 9. I can't believe my time has gotten away from me. Listen, I know I told you I was going to talk about your offenses. This is why you're offended. This is why you're upset. It's because you're saying that they should have known better. They were raised in the church. I knew them when they were in children's ministry. They're going to come walking up in here with, with, with a baby and they're unwed. They're going to come walking up in here living together with somebody. They're going to come walking up in here just released from county lockup. How could they? How could they? We act like we're more surprised than God is about sin. 
We act like we're more offended than God is about sin. No, no, I, I can't. I can't accept that. No, I can't accept that. I can't believe that they. No, no, no. They, 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 they've offended the ministry. They've offended the pastor. They've offended all that we stand for. You know, all thirty years. They listen. God already knew, and because He knew, He made provision. He made provision for error and for weakness. And listen, you don't, you don't know it, but he made that same provision available for you too. Because with the attitude that you have, be, be careful when you think you stand. Be mindful of the judgment that you judge. Because with that same measuring stick, it's going to be measured out to you. Acts chapter 9. That's what it is. We, we, get, we get offended because we think they got away with it. And we wanted to do the same thing. But we knew if we did it, we would get caught. Acts chapter 9, verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from Heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he says, Who art thou, who art thou Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What I love about this scripture is that here Saul, he thought that he was completely right and he was completely wrong. Based on everything that he knew, he thought that he was doing what was right, but he was doing exactly what was wrong. And the Lord knocked him down. And I love it that when Saul was knocked down, he said, Who art thou, Lord? Now this word Lord, it doesn't mean Adonai. He's not talking about Yahweh, the covenant God. No, he's talking about, Who are you, the one that is bigger than me? Who are you, the one that is greater than I am? Who are you, the one that's able to knock me down? And what I love is that the Lord, when he answers, literally what it, what it says is that the Lord answers 
I am your salvation. He says, I am your salvation. I am Jehovah is salvation. That's what Jesus means. I am your salvation. You were going down a wrong path. Thinking that you were right. You think that you were set back because you lost your job. You think that you were set back because your business closed. But listen, God is saying, I am your salvation. You thought because she left, because he left, that that was the end of it all. And you said, Lord, this is greater than I am. And the Lord is answering you. He's answering you. He's saying, I am your salvation. I am your... People are going to come up to you and they're going to let you know that, that we lost this and we lost that. And these people left us and, and we were left without. And just know... That what they're saying is that, that these situations, these circumstances, they are greater than we are. You're going to have to be able to say, your salvation, Jehovah. Jehovah is your salvation. And so he gives him instructions because, because Saul is, is blinded, he gives him instructions about a certain person that he needs to go to and see. Because God is not, God is not going to break his own established order. God speaks through men. And so, he has instructions to go, go seek out the watchman. Go seek out the one that has my word in his lips. There's someone that that can pray for you. There's someone that can pray with you. And so Saul, he goes to a man called Ananias. Before Saul gets there, God has to prepare Ananias. And I know you were wondering, this is a good story, Brother Abahar, but where are we in the story? You're Ananias. Now, you're not... Sorry, you're not you're not you're not Saul. Not 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 in this illustration. You are Ananias. Acts chapter nine, verse eleven. And the Lord said unto him, He's talking to Ananias. Arise. I'm sorry. Verse ten. Back at the verse ten. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus, named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he, he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. He said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Listen, if you, if you want to be able to extend grace and forgiveness, you're going to have to be here. You're going to have to be in position. Ananias, he was prepared to be used by God. He was in position. 
to be able to show God's love. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. He's, he's, he's touched to him. He's touched to him with a garment. He's, he's seeking healing. Verse 12, And have seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And this is what I love about Ananias because this is so much like us. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he have done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. Listen, Ananias was ready. He was willing to be used by God, but he was afraid. He, he, he says, are, are, you, are you certain about this man? I mean, ha, ha, haven't you, have you, do you, you know about his sin, right? You know what he's done. You know what he said, how he spoke against you and your prophets. And the Lord said, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles, and kings, and the children of Israel. And what I love about this is in verse 10. See, we said before that, that an example with, with Moses in the wilderness, that, that the Lord speaks and Moses obeys. The Lord speaks to Ananias. And in verse 17 it says, And Ananias went his way. When God told him, he obeyed. Even, you, you think that he was no longer afraid. He was still afraid. But he trusted in the living God. You think that he forgot about all that Saul had done? He knew. But he trusted in the living God. If you can trust in God, if you can trust in the Lord's faithfulness. If you can trust in the Lord's righteousness. Then power can work in you. Power can work in you to heal an unfaithful man. An unrighteous mankind. If you can trust in God. Grace can be extended through you. Reading in verse 17 again. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. What I love this is that he... It's that he's afraid. He doesn't know, but he trusts. And based on his trust, he's, he obeys. And when he obeys, he places his hands on this person that needs forgiveness. He's not halfway in and halfway out. He says, brother, brother. Listen, 
He doesn't say brother like we say brother. We say brother like, yo, what's up, bro? You know, we don't, we don't mean anything at all behind that. But he's saying brother. Meaning that we have the same parentage. We, we, come, we come from the same stock. We are those that believe in he that is greater than we are. He says, brother, brother, you have the same rights and privileges that I have. You have the same promises given to you that I have given to me. We're fellow heirs together. Because we're, we're brothers. We're brothers. You're not a stranger to me. You're not an enemy of mine. We, we, are, we are brothers. And so when you, when you look at this example, just understand that the God, he, he wants to work through us. And you're saying, well, Lord, who do I need to forgive? The very one that, 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 that seems ungrateful. The one that's talking about you. That's talking about your God. The one that gets on your nerve every time you see them. God is saying, guess what? There's a burden that I'm putting on you. I'm, I'm giving a word to you. Are you going to obey? Are you going to obey? The Lord spoke. And God's man obeyed. And the people were healed. It's a simple formula. God speaks. His man obeys. And the people are healed. Will you allow the grace of God to work through you? Can you get past what it is that you see? Can you get past what it is that you know? And see the person that's hurting, that needs healing, that is ready to be forgiven. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.